morning, San Antonio. It's 506 Trayware, 550 KTSA FM, 1071, the Trayware page at KTSA.com. And uh, just to get you up to date on the, the latest on the war, uh, at least 22 Americans have been killed, 17 missing. We still expect for that number to change. Uh, the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, is uh, in the area, in the region right now, and if possible, we will try to dip in to his press conference with Prime Minister Netanyahu, and we are waiting on that to happen now. If technically we're able to do that, and I don't know if we have the technical capabilities, but if we are, we might dip into a little bit of that to see how it's going. We just want to get you the very latest on what's happening over there. Meanwhile, when that news came out yesterday that 22 Americans were killed and 17 missing, here we go with cut number six. Joe Biden was in the Rose Garden kind of yucking it up, and he was all full of smiles with people out there. You know, and as we uh, take these actions, I continue to call on Congress to pass what my friends in the front row here mostly support, junk fee, the junk fee pre- Junk Fee Prevention Act. Hard to say. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, but all kidding aside. Well, it's not really hard to say. Uh, Junk Fee Prevention Act. Yeah. And then in cut number seven, um, he talked about how junk fees are, you know, uh, making your monthly bills higher. How much are your monthly bills? And after they're all paid, how much do you have left for necessities? What? It's enough. Is enough? Is there enough left over just to give you a little bit of breathing room? What? <laughs> After you pay your necessities, how much do you have left to pay your necessities? After you pay your necessities. Okay, so 22 Americans dead, 17 missing, and he's all smiles and yucking it up in the Rose Garden. Meanwhile, the Israeli military did confirm yesterday the babies were beheaded by Hamas. The woke media has lost 33% of their primetime audience after insisting on publishing just uh, the, the joint death toll for both sides and laying blame on Israel for their response, criticizing Israel for their response. In fact, it happened today. Israeli's president, Isaac Herzog, just wrapped up a press conference which I watched live. The media has already turned on the Jews. I told you on Monday that, watch, that they were going to turn on the Jews, that they were going to start criticizing the response of Israel once Israel went into the Gaza to go after Hamas, that the media and this administration would follow soon after, and they will eventually, and that they would start to criticize Israel for their response, trying to isolate Israel and blame Israel for what's going on. And that's exactly what the media just spent. I I guess it was about a half-hour-long press conference, uh, about an hour, hour and a half or so ago, as I was here working, preparing the show. I watched it. They spent the entire time, the media did, attacking Israel's response. They didn't really ask Uh, questions of President Herzog concerning Hamas and the terroristic activity which has killed a couple of thousand Jews as Hamas, the modern-day Nazis, are trying to exterminate the Jews from planet Earth as Adolf Hitler attempted to do in the 1930s, as other cultures have attempted to do. They didn't ask about that. Why are you bombing innocent civilians in Gaza, said the media surrounding Isaac Herzog. 
His answer was, was great. He did a fantastic job. He said, what do you want us to do? Hamas has put rockets in GD kitchens of homes that they are launching missiles into Israel and killing our people. You see, that's what Hamas does. They're very cowardly in, in how they handle things. Their ministry of military is under a children's hospital. Did you know that? And they go around to schools and they put rocket launchers in schools. So when Israel responds like they are now, well, guess what? Gets blown up. But in every single case, Israel always tells the people of Gaza, you need to get out. You need to get out. They even call Hamas, the enemy, to let them know we're going to be attacking in these areas. You need to get innocent civilians out. And Hamas says, screw off. They don't use that word. They use the other word. Screw off. We're going to hide behind innocent civilians and children. Meanwhile, Marines are on the move in the Middle East. A special operations Marine Corps unit participating in exercises expected to last through October 22nd departed early as a result of these emerging events, they said. According to the Marine Corps Times, uh, sailors and Marines who were part of the 26th Marine Expeditionary Unit in Kuwait and traveling on the Bataan and Carter Hall are no longer in the vicinity of Kuwait. They didn't say where those Marines are headed. I could, you know, certainly we could all speculate, but they didn't say where those Marines were headed. Biden did say yesterday, a cryptic warning to Iran said, be careful, be careful. Said he wasn't going to answer any questions. Here he is in cut number two, once again, telling the American people, I'm a dictator, I don't have to answer your questions. Here he goes. And I'm not going to answer any questions to you guys right now, but my, my team here knows when, when the press is gone, they'll talk more directly to you. But even then, they're not going to be able to tell you all that we're doing and all that's going on. So... He did say, while speaking to Jewish leaders that he saw the confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children. That's what he said. I saw the confirmed pictures of the terrorists beheading children. He said, quote, I never really thought that I would see and have confirmed pictures of terrorists beheading children. I never thought I'd ever anyway, anyway, anyway. But neither the president nor U.S. officials have seen those images. Now, it's one thing when he lies about driving an 18-wheeler or about rescuing Nelson Mandela in South Africa or about being the leader of the civil rights or about whooping corn pop with a chain or about his house burning down and his dog dying and his Corvette almost getting scorched and I almost lost my wife and my son died in combat. It's one thing to lie about all of that. It's another thing to lie about having seen pictures that he never saw of children being beheaded. A White House spokesman came out right after the president spoke and said, no, 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 we need to issue a clarification here. This is all according to the Washington Post, by the way. The White House says that President Biden based his remark on claims made by a spokesman for Israel's prime minister and media reports coming out of the Jewish state, but that he had actually not seen any photos. Well, then why did he say he did? Why would he stand 
in front of Jewish leaders and say, I saw those photos of those children with their heads cut off. Why would he say that? And then just minutes later, his team has to come out and say, no, no, he never saw them. He wouldn't take any questions. You just heard him say that. Preemptively answered one. He said he expected to be shouted about his efforts to bring home the unknown number of U.S. captives taken in Gaza. He said, if I told you, I wouldn't be able to get them home. Folks, there's a lot we're doing. I haven't given up hope bringing those folks home. Of course, what he's trying to do is duck answering the question about the $6 billion that remains available to Iran to spend as they will as they will. So Mitch McConnell and Tom Cotton, both Republicans in the Senate, introduced a new bill last night to immediately freeze that $6 billion since the administration will not do it. They're being held in South Korea due to be released to Iran. The bill is now getting bipartisan support, or so we're told. Benjamin Netanyahu has confirmed I'm sorry to say this this time of the morning or any time of the day, but he confirmed yesterday in a speech that he gave that the terrorists burned people alive by hanging tires around their necks loaded with fuel and setting them on fire while they were still alive and handcuffed. He also said every Hamas member is a dead man, is a dead man. Minister of Defense, Yov Gallant, also spoke. He said, we will wipe Hamas off the face of the earth. He said, the reward of our enemies will be blood, fire, and pillars of smoke. That's a quote from the book of Joel 3.3. It's also a reference in Jewish tra tradition to the 10 plagues that the Bible preceded the liberation of the Israelis from, uh, or the Hebrews, actually, from, from, uh, from slavery. The Palestinian Hamas terror group known as Hamas has also called on Muslims worldwide to stage a day of jihad, holy war, tomorrow, Friday, October 13th. Tomorrow, Friday the 13th. A day of jihad, a day of holy war. Hamas referring to the day as Al-Aqsa Flood Friday. Al-Aqsa Mosque is up on the Temple Mount. So, they are calling on a day of jihad, a day of holy war, tomorrow, Friday the 13th. And finally, before the break, Fox News' uh, Trey Yinkst went inside a Hamas house of horrors at a kibbutz where more than 100 Jews were slaughtered. He said the smell was stomach-turning. There was blood all over the floors, the beds, because they killed people while they were sleeping, littered with bodies both inside and out. He said it was hell on earth. And yes, indeed, decapitated babies are real. It did, in fact, happen. We'll take a quick break. I've got some other news to talk about. I'll take your calls as well at 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Trey Ware, KTSA. Hi, I'm Shane Routliff with Patriot Trees, and I come... Love is a burning thing. 
and it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire Well, this Saturday this Saturday, between 11.30 and noon our time, to be more specific, somewhere around 11.52, a strongest at 11.54, going away at 11.56. Now, that's give or take a few. The Ring of Fire eclipse is supposed to happen this coming Saturday, and hopefully we're kind of thinking the clouds will be out of the way and you'll be able to see it. I bring this up because... I have been getting notifications from emergency planners and neighborhood groups and so on that they are anticipating the possibility that we'll have an additional 300,000 people in the area. <laughs> Coming in to San Antonio and the surrounding area to watch the Ring of Fire Eclipse. That's what they're calling it, the Ring of Fire. Well, then we'll have double that next year because next year's the big, big eclipse, the 2024 That's one. right. So we'll have double that amount of people. That's right, yeah. And they're saying that people will be gathering like in Home Depot parking lots, parking lots at stadiums, parking lots at malls, that people are going to be gathering in places like that. And they are also saying, you know, you might want to avoid I-35 – I-10 and 281 on Saturday because it's going to be a nightmare with all these people going to see the eclipse in all these parking lots. Listen, I recommend you avoid 35 all the time. <laughs> Just stay off of I-35. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. What a mess that is. All right, let's go to Mike. It's 525 at KTSA. Good morning, Mike. You're on KTSA with Trey. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing all right. Hey, hey listen, Trey. Let, let me uh, let me ask you a simple question, and all your listeners out there. Uh, now, uh, with Hamas organization, we already know that these uh, that these they already got people in the U.S. because this 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 walking corpse that we have in the White House has had the border open for the last three years. Let me let me ask you something, Trey. If if um, if Joe Biden had a press conference the other day, if wouldn't if if you were starting a press conference, wouldn't you walk out on the stage? The first thing you would say is that due to the incidents that just took place in in uh, Israel, that we are uh, closing the U.S. border and no one will be allowed into this country unless they have thoroughly checked out because we don't want this type of event to take place in America. Now let me let me say this right quick. Uh, those people over there are chanting, and that loser that was on TV yesterday is calling for a jihad. Those people are saying death to America. Doesn't that doesn't that make you think that they have people that are going to try to cross into the U.S. and do some damage to the U.S. if you have the leader on television saying death to America and calling for a jihad? So all I can tell your listeners out there and people that are listening to me right now, be very careful on Friday. This man has told his his people to do something on Friday. It could happen in any city or town in the U.S. Just be very vigilant. If you see large groups of people, if you see something suspicious, call the police or authorities. But something very bad could happen in the U.S. 
and, and there's nobody to blame but that loser that we have in the White House right now. And I thank you for taking my call this morning. Very well said, Mike. I appreciate that very much. Um, well, first of all, would I close the border? I would have never opened the border, you know, and they're already here. And so we not only need to be vigilant tomorrow, but Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. The point is they, they believe in the element of surprise. That's how they get you. Like 9-11, like this past Saturday, they get you with the element of surprise. So they may say tomorrow, but they may mean next Thursday or Thursday a month from now, or really in the Oriental world, which is the east there where they are, it goes, you know, for generations. They think in very long term. So that's why you hear me say all the time, never give up your Second Amendment. You fight. You fight tooth and nail. You fight to the death, tooth and nail, for the Second Amendment to remain in this country. Don't ever let a John Courage locally or a Joe Biden nationally take your gun away from you. Do not do it. Don't do it. Don't participate in this gun theft program that John Courage has set up. It's a, it's a gun theft program. That's all it is. This is his kickoff to his mayoral campaign, and he wants people to bring guns so he can say, I'm doing something about gun crime, so that he can do more about gun crime as he's running for mayor and after he's elected mayor. By the way, the current mayor put $25,000 into that. Isn't that nice? To cause gun theft in San Antonio. It's a gun theft program. It's not a gun buyback program. It's a gun theft program that they're going to be doing here. Don't let that happen to you. You protect your gun, you protect your Second Amendment rights, because when it comes down to it, sir, ma'am, you have to protect yourself, but more importantly, your little babies. Quick break. Coming right back with your phone calls. Trey Ware, KTSA. Hey, it's Sean. This summer was unbelievable. Let's go. Are you ready? Aha. It's 535 now. Trey Ware, KTSA. Uh, tomorrow's our big day here at the Alamo Lounge. Come on by and say hi. We're going to have the uh, Raul Jimenez Radiothon at the Roll Mayors for the next 24, 36 hours. It's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow morning. Rick Rice Band is going to be here playing, and we're going to be begging for money. <laughs> I'm just letting you know, man. As you well know, with the economy and the economy and the economy and the economy being what it is, it's tough, tough, tough on people this year to go buy turkey and dressing and mashed taters and iced tea and all the stuff that they need. So we're going to do it for them. All right? This will be our 16th year, and we're going to be right there in the Alamo Lounge, 4050 Eisenhower Road. Take I-35 to Eisenhower Road. Come on in. Say hi tomorrow morning beginning at 5 a.m. Stay with me all morning. Stay with me all morning, 5 to 9 tomorrow morning. Just sit right here, and we'll have a good old time singing, clapping, having, raising money. And, uh, and I, I'm, I may even put you to work on a phone bank. I may even put, I may even press you into service tomorrow on the phone bank here, answering pledges. So, what's that? Yeah. What'd you say? We're going to get Bill Taylor to work the phone bank. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Bill Taylor's going to be here. He's going to work the phone bank tomorrow morning. But I may press you into service on working a phone bank. So, come on by tomorrow morning. Starting at 5 a.m. I know it's an early time. Where you want me up at 5 a.m. coming? Yes, I do. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I do. And we pay well. We pay in smiles. Okay? That's what you're going to get. Lots of smiles and lots of happiness tomorrow morning. And Lord knows we need it after this week. Are you ready? Let me dive into the mess. At least 22 Americans killed, 17 missing. Hamas. The terrorists, in the most vile way, most vicious way, 
beheading babies, slaughtering people while they were asleep. Fox News, Trey Yankst, went inside a Hamas house of horrors at a kibbutz where more than 100 Jews were slaughtered. He said the smell was stomach-turning. Of course, he didn't show the images on Fox News, and I thank God for that. Blood all over the floors, blood all over the beds because people were sleeping when they just came in and shot them and hacked their bodies up and cut their heads off. He said it looked like hell on earth with the decapitated bodies of babies scattered all over the place. Joe Biden yesterday, between yucking it up uh, at, at the Rose Garden about junk fees, he did give a brief speech about it, and he basically said, uh, Iran, don't try anything silly, okay? I'm still going to give you the $6 billion, but don't try anything silly. And then he said he saw the pictures of the decapitated babies, and then, and then, it came out afterwards and said, no, 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 no. He never saw those pictures. So why would you lie about that, man? I mean, I get it. He's a walking corpse. I get, I understand he's pudding brains. I get all that. And and I get the fact that, you know, he talks about losing his son in battle, and his son never died in war. His son died in a hospital from cancer. And he talks about driving 18-wheelers and flying airplanes, all these things he never did, and it's provable he never did these things. So the other day when he said he met with Golda Meir and she said, Joey, we have nowhere to go. We will fight and we will win. I can't believe him. Nobody can believe anything he said. But lying about seeing little babies with their heads chopped off, it, it, I, I can't imagine that it gets any lower than that. But, you know, hey, it's Joe, so it probably will. Benjamin Netanyahu confirmed all of this yesterday. He and the opposition leader, Benny Gantz of the Blue and White Party, they are forming an emergency government of national unity, setting aside their political differences. This would, like, this would be like Republicans and Democrats coming together in our country. Until the war is over, this new government, he said, we saw wild animals. We saw the barbarians we have to deal with. We are fighting a fierce enemy, an enemy worse than ISIS. We saw boys and girls bound, shot in the head, men and women who were burned while still alive. Uh, what Hamas did just to drive the point home. They hung tires around the necks of people as they were bound, loaded the tires up with fuel, and lit them on fire. So, folks, Hamas has called on Muslims worldwide to stage a day of jihad, a holy war, tomorrow, Friday the 13th. They are referring to the day as the Al-Aqsa Flood. That's uh, their mosque up on top of the Temple Mount is the Al-Aqsa. I've been inside that mosque. The Al-Aqsa Mosque. I've been inside the Dome of the Rock, as a matter of fact, and seen the rock where it is believed, and I happen to believe it, the sacrifices were made. And I, I see all kinds of stuff over in Israel that proves the Bible to be 100% true. I have no doubt about any word or any prophecy in the Bible after having traveled to Israel a few times. Uh, it's crystal clear. <clears throat> so tomorrow they've called for jihad to happen. They've called for it to be worldwide. Now, I've got a couple of points that I want to make about that, and I do want to take your calls, 210-599-5555. First off, first point is, do not just think that tomorrow would be the day, okay? Because these people, they do this all the time, and they rely on the element of surprise. Tomorrow might be a day. Today might be a day. I mean, they're having this day of resistance on college campuses today. So the, the Palestinians are. So it, today could be a day. Tomorrow could be a day. Next week could be a day. 
But I will say this. I have no doubt in my mind the terrorists are here in our country because Joe opened the border and young men, single young men, have come into this country. Many of them on the terror watch list, somewhere around 200 or more on the terror watch list have come in that we know about, that we know about. That doesn't count the ones that we don't know about that came into the country on the terror watch list. I don't trust our intelligence services to protect us. Why? Because they didn't protect Israel on Saturday, did they? They either knew about it and they wanted it to happen, for whatever sick, twisted reason that would be, or they didn't know about it. Neither of those are satisfactory answers when you consider what may happen and what I believe is going to happen here in some future time. I'm not saying today or tomorrow or next week or next month. But I do believe an attack is imminent here in the United States. There are way, way, way too many of these people here. 86,000 plus that are on a terror nexus network have been allowed to come into this country. 86,000 plus. At least 200 on the terror watch list. And we all remember 9-11. It took 19 on 9-11 to do what they did, bring the world to a stop, to a standstill. 19. It doesn't take much. So a couple of points about that. We need to always be vigilant, right? This president has yet to close the border. He has yet to freeze assets that are flowing into the pockets of known terrorists around the world. He's allowing money, money that they need to carry out their attacks here, there, and yonder. He's allowing that money to flow to known terrorist organizations and nations while leaving our border completely wide open to anybody who just wants to stroll on in or swim on in or fly on in or just get on in however you want to. So we, we, you and me, we have to remain vigilant. That doesn't mean be paranoid. That doesn't mean look for a terrorist behind every tree in, in, in every neighborhood. That means live your life, but be aware, be aware that anything can happen at any time. And don't focus your attention just on today or tomorrow. you got to be thinking long term because they are. So it's it, it's an adoption, I think, of a lifestyle. It's it, it's it's saying to yourself, not my house, not my family. Couldn't you know? I, I can't take care of every, everybody in, in in America, but I can't trust the intelligence agencies to keep me safe and to give me a warning. Can you? Right? Because they didn't, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, they didn't tell Israel about it. And so you can't trust them to tell you about it, right? Right. So Councilman Courage from District 9 wants to be mayor in the worst way. And he had a press conference yesterday to announce, formally announce, something I told you about weeks ago, his gun theft program, where he is going to encourage people to steal guns from law-abiding citizens here in this, in this city, in our very fine city, and handsomely reward people for stealing guns. H-E-B cards. You're going to be able to, they'll be able to take their H-E-B cards, sell them on the open market after they steal your gun. They'll be able to break into your house and into your car, knock you over the head, steal your gun, 
Take it on down to John Courage in November, and he's going to buy their groceries, which they won't use them for groceries. They're going to use them for cash so they can buy their drugs. This is a gun. This is not a gun buyback program. It's a gun theft program. It's it's incentivizing gun theft in our community at a time when we should be in, when leaders in our community should be encouraging and incentivizing gun ownership. Hell, if I was a mayor, I'd I would push to drop all taxes. I'd have a gun buy day. <laughs> you know, I'd I'd promote the purchase of guns. Let's all go to Dury's tomorrow and let's all buy guns. I'll meet you there at noon. Because the citizenry needs to be armed and exercise your Second Amendment right. I'm not talking about being a nut job and going off half-cocked. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being sensible. And our leadership in this country has no sense at all. Local leadership, state leadership, uh, federal leadership. Well, in fact, cut number three, Jimmy. Last night... John Fetterman, what what show was this on? That what that, that wasn't Kimmel. It was the guy with the glasses who took over to John Stewart. Colbert. Show. Colbert. He was on Colbert's show. This is Fetterman wearing his stupid shorts and stupid hoodie last night. And listen to what John Fetterman said of all things. Listen to this. You all should need to know that America is not sending their best and brightest, you know, to Washington D.C. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> John Fetterman. Fetterman. Like, sometimes, sometimes you literally just can't believe, like, you know, these people are making the decisions that are, you know, determining the, the government here. It's, it's, it's actually scary. To yeah, it's really scary that people like John Fetterman himself <laughs> in power in Washington, D.C., and John Courage here. A gun theft program at a time when people need their Second Amendment rights and their guns more than ever. And you got a DA, apparently, according to KSAT reporting this morning, that wanted to drop murder charges against a guy who killed a kid. That's going on in your community and in my community. That's going on around here. And yet it affects all of us. So, no, don't give up your gun. Fight for your Second Amendment rights. Protect your loved ones. You know why? They're not going to. Back in a minute, Trey Ware, KTSA. Learn to make money five ways with Hotline. 553 at KTSA, we continue to monitor the situation with Israel. And Antony Blinken, our Secretary of State, Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister, is scheduled to speak at any time. And we'll try to dip into some of that if it's worth it, if it's if it's interesting. And I think some of it will be. So we'll just watch it. And when they begin to speak, we may go to it and see what their opening remarks are. And then we'll see how long we're going to dip in and dip out of that. And cover two, it. two minutes is when it's starting. Okay, they gave the two-minute warning. Gosh, okay, we, we got time to talk about this. $1.76 billion winner in California on the Powerball last night. 22, 24, 40, 52, 64, and the Red Powerball was 10, seven people. Two in California, two in Florida. New York, Oklahoma, and Virginia won $1 million, But one person, one person won $1.7 billion, which means they put, yes, oh, they get $700 million cash payout. Now, I shared this with Elaine. I'm going to share it with everybody and you, Jimmy, right now. Everybody, I have a little bit of a theory. I went. I know it's going to sound crazy. It's going to sound crazy. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's hear the theory. I went back and I looked at the past Powerball and Mega Millions winners. Okay. All right. 
the vast majority, I mean it's overwhelming, it's not even close, it's not even a competition, are from New York, California, and New Jersey. And the rest of them come from primarily blue states that have high taxation and high personal income tax rates in those states. What if, I don't know, but what if, what if our government, and by the way, Texas hardly has any winners, hardly any at all. What if our government has this deal rigged and all this is is another gigantic tax in their pocket because, because, the the vast majority and Jimmy, it's not even close. It's not even close. I the know. comparison. The vast majority of the winners are in those blue states where they get the most money if people in blue states, in Democrat blue states, win the government gets the most money, as opposed to say us, <laughs> where where we don't have those high tax rates. Is that crazy? Isn't yeah. that crazy? No, you're crazy. <laughs> the last billion-dollar winner was out of California. Yeah, Los Angeles, down on Skid Row. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And if you go look at the actual numbers like I did, I went state by state and looked at the actual numbers and did my research. New York is far and away the place, and California, and then New Jersey's third. And then you got blue states like Michigan and all these other blue states that are just leading the country in Powerball winners – and they're the ones, those are the states with a high taxation. Is there no, is there, it, it does, does that not prove some sort of causation between? No, it doesn't. <laughs> between, no. between the fact <laughs> that, that the states with the highest tax rates are the ones with all the winners. That's also, Come the, on, it's bro. also the population density of those cities and states. Come on. But, Man, you're going to be pissed when you find out it's an illegal. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody walked across the border that last week. <laughs> yeah. Now he's a billionaire. I don't know, man. That's I mean. Think about it, though. Yeah, but you're, fi- you're fishing. No, I'm not disagreeing with the data. Yeah. But you're also disregarding the data of the dense population of those cities and states. Where and they do they purchase do the drawing? More. Huh? Where do they do the drawing? I don't know. Wherever they do it, I have no idea. Well, wherever they you fix know. it, Elaine. That's yeah. not a draw. Right. That's where they fix it. You know where they do it? They do it in Joe Biden's basement in Delaware. There you go. I'll just throw that one in there. He can't get six numbers in a row <laughs> if you gave him one through Look, seven. I agree with you, Trey. All these, people, all these people are texting right now. I agree with you. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're right. There's something hinky. Something's hinky. I mean, that's a one in two point, what is it, 292 million? Oh, you want to know the, the, yeah, the, the chances for last 292 night? 292 million, because the number is well, Yeah, 60 one in numbers. 292, 201, 338 million. Yeah. So, yes, no, it's incredible. And I do play every once in a while. In fact, I got out of bed the other night. You know why? Because when I lose, I at least want to be able to say to myself, I played, right? right. If, 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 if I lose and I didn't play, then I go, well, crap, who knows? I might have won how I just played. Yeah. So that's kind of my attitude toward it. And I don't spend a lot of money on it, just a couple bucks. I do. I just go in there and I go, give me, give me a number. I just do one. Yeah, just give me a number. No, not me. I spend like 20 bucks. Yeah, I send yeah. To the you have more store. money than we do. You're richer than we are. So you can, <laughs> you can afford to do that. But I, I just, you know, I, you know I, I'm just telling you guys, y'all need to think about this a little bit more. You need to process this a little bit more. Blue states, high taxation rates. That's where the winners are always at. The government makes more money when pe- when somebody wins in New York or California as opposed to Texas. It's true. It's it's a fact. Yes, that okay. that, that statement is true. All right.
the rest of it is sus. I want to know where the drawing takes place and if there's someone rigging it. That is a good question, Lane. I have no clue where they do the drawing. I need to find out. But I know it's it's televised, so you can watch the drawing. Right. You see the balls come up. It could up. be sure. AI. Sure. It could be delayed watching. Sure. They could have rigged right. it. Exactly right. Could be put, ha- the, put the numbers on the little white balls. Could be happening in then- a tele- television studio in the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Saturn three. All right. Quick break. <laughs> Coming back at six oh five. The latest on the war and maybe maybe a press conference with Netanyahu, Prime Minister Netanyahu, and our uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Coming up at six oh five. Trey Ware, KTSa. There's an old joke. When is the best time to buy real estate? 4, 550 KTSA FM, 1071, the Treyware page at KTSA.com. The latest on the war in Israel. Let's get to it. Now we're getting the numbers that are coming in to us from Israeli authorities and from our authorities. And overnight, Israel's president, Isaac uh, Herzog, had a uh, press conference last night, was describing what they are doing. But as far as our numbers here in the United States, at least 22 Americans have been killed and 17 are missing. At least 22 Americans killed, 17 are missing. There is the real possibility that those numbers will go up. There is also the real possibility that the numbers, the overall death total numbers, are going to go up concerning the Jewish people of Israel. Fox News, Trey Yankst has been there since the beginning of of all this. If you've watched any of Fox News, you know who I'm talking about. He's been on the ground in most of the recent conflicts around the world, and he's been there since this started on Saturday. And he went into a Hamas house of horrors at a kibbutz where more than 100 Jews were slaughtered. He said, this is hell on earth. That's how he described it. Of course, they didn't show the images, and thank God they did not. He said the smell was stomach-turning. There was blood all over the floors, bodies littered all over the place inside and out, beds covered in blood because people were shot while they were sleeping. Remember, it was early in the morning. And, yes, decapitated babies were a part of this. That's who we're dealing with. There is not a word in any language that I know that will express what Hamas has been doing to Jews in their efforts to exterminate Jews from the planet. There's also not a word that I know of that I can express my feelings about Joe Biden and his efforts to protect Americans, which are nil, nothing. I feel like our government has completely abandoned us that they have opened the borders and allowed terrorists to come across the borders. We know of about 200 on the terror watch list and probably a whole lot more than that that came across. We also know that there have been probably 86,000 plus, could be well over 100,000, that came across our wide open borders that came across the terror watch nexus. They're called special interest aliens. Could be close to 100,000 that came in. They're living here in our country. We also know that the leader of Hamas has uh, issued a, a fatwa, if you will, for tomorrow, October 13th, 
to be a day of jihad worldwide, and yes, even here in the United States. If you're just now joining me, I have been talking for the last hour, however, about how we as Americans need to take our Second Amendment seriously and don't focus on just tomorrow. These folks love the element of surprise. It could be tomorrow, could be Saturday, could be next week, could be next month, could be next year. There is a day coming, however, when they are going to make an attack here in the United States. Terrorists live here now. I have no doubt about that in my mind. And it's up to each of us to be vigilant. Our agencies, our intelligence agencies, either A, knew about Saturday and didn't tell the people of Israel about Saturday, which would be absolute evil, or they didn't know about it. In either case, what it proves to me is you cannot depend on them to protect you, to warn you, to tell you that an attack would be coming to us here. So it's going to be up to us to be vigilant on that. I'm going to talk more about that. I'm also going to get you some more news. We've got all kinds of news that's going on this morning. I want to make sure that we cover all of it. Kasim Hafiz is with Kufi. Christians United for Israel. He's joining me now on the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. Kasim, thank you very much for being on this morning. Not at all. Thank you for having me on. The news that continues to come out of Israel is just the worst I've ever heard. I, I've been saying that, you know, uh, w w words fail when you try to describe what Hamas has done to the people of Israel, how little babies have had their, their heads cut off after they were shot and killed in the presence of their parents how they have been separated from their parents, and now they're being held in Gaza. And who knows what is being done to these babies and to these women and children who are being held by these absolute monsters. Your thoughts? I mean, of course, this is like nothing we've ever seen. The, the death toll right now, which continues to rise, is 1,300 Israelis were murdered. And... It's just truly devastating. It you're seeing the videos. I think that is one of the one of the really important points we have to get a across. The videos we're seeing they're not from Israeli security footage. This is what these terrorists took videos of and proudly displayed. There's no shame in it. This is what they celebrated: murdering men, women, and children, kidnapping elderly women, babies. I mean, it, the, the scale of it. You know, I'm from England originally. My family's from Pakistan. I live in the United States. I think sometimes here in the United States, we are in this safe bubble. We don't believe that true evil exists, but we're, we're seeing it up close. We're seeing it broadcast on our screens, and we really need to take note that this is a real evil that we're deal with, dealing with. Kasim, if you can just hang with me for a minute, the Prime Minister, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, and Anthony Blinken, our Secretary of State, are speaking right now. So I, I just want to dip into this a little bit and see what they're saying. Okay. I, yeah, I, I figured that might be the case. There's no translator he's, on this either. So He's just doing one in Hebrew, and then he's going to English in a second. Oh, okay. All right, that's fine. All right, uh, let me know when he goes to English, and we'll pick it up then. All right, Kassim, we do. We, I, I'm, I apologize for that, but I do want to get the latest to our listeners about what, what is going on. What do you want the people 
across America who are listening to us right now, what do you think is most important for them to know? You were talking about how the terrorists filmed this on their on their phones and they, they posted it to social media, but it, it, in their own torturous ways, they have been sending those videos to the family members of those which they killed. Right. Um, yes. Just some of the stories that have come out are truly horrific, and it it belies any sort of explanation that why a human being would behave that way. But but this is what we're dealing with. And we have to really realize that. We have to see what is happening. We need to see that it, it hasn't ended either. Israel is living under a rocket attack. This morning I woke up to seeing that sirens are sounding in Jerusalem and central Israel. I am you know, speaking to friends who... Have, we have a friend who is very close to us and her child who is five years old is terrified to sleep in her bedroom she wants to sleep in their bomb shelter and that's a reality for israelis right now and if there was ever a moment where neutrality or both sides is just completely abhorrent this is that time absolutely this is the time that you firmly have to stand with what's right and speak up stand up for israel because while there is world sympathy for this, what has happened, we've seen historically when Israel starts to defend itself, the news cycle moves on, and then Israel is portrayed as the villain. Indeed, and that's what's happening right now with media. Uh, in fact, the Israeli president, Isaac Herzog, had a, a, a press conference overnight, and the media did that to him overnight. Kasim, I'm going to let you go now. Kufi.org uh, is where you can get more details, and you can help this organization help the people of Israel. Kufi.org. Kasim, thank you very much for your time. Let's listen to the Prime Minister of Israel right now. They should be spit out from the community of nations. No leader should meet them. No country should harbor them. And those that do should be sanctioned. Tony, my friend, I say to you, I say to all of us, there will be many difficult days ahead. But I have no doubt that the forces of civilization will win. And the reason that's true is because we understand what is the first prerequisite of victory. It's what you just said in our meeting. Moral clarity. This is a time, a particular time, a special time, that we must stand tall, proud, and united against evil. Tony, you are taking that stand. America is taking that stand. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, America, for standing with Israel today, tomorrow, and always. Benjamin Netanyahu, the Prime Minister of Israel, and Antony Blinken, the Secretary of State of the U.S., is there too. Mr. Prime Minister, um, I'm grateful to be back in Israel in this incredibly difficult moment for this nation, but in fact, for the entire world. If you'll permit me, um, personal aside, I come before you not only as the United States Secretary of State, but also as a Jew. My grandfather, Maurice Blinken, fled pogroms in Russia. My stepfather, Samuel Pizar, survived concentration camps 
Auschwitz, Dachau, Majdanek. So, Prime Minister, I understand on a personal level the harrowing echoes that Hamas's massacres carry for Israeli Jews, indeed for Jews everywhere. I also come before you as a husband and father of young children. It's impossible for me to look at the photos of families killed, such as the mother, father, and three small children murdered as they sheltered in their home in kibbutz near Oz, and not think of my own children. This was just one of Hamas's countless acts of terror. In a litany of brutality and inhumanity that, yes, brings to mind the worst of ISIS. Babies slaughtered, bodies desecrated, young people burned alive, women raped, parents executed in front of their children, children in front of their parents. How are we even to understand this, to digest this? And yet, at the same time, at the same time that we've been shocked by the depravity of Hamas, we've also been inspired by the bravery of Israel's citizens. The grandfather who drove over an hour to a kibbutz under siege, armed only with a pistol, and rescued his kids and grandkids. The mother who died shielding her teenage son with her body, giving her life to save his, giving him life for a second time. The volunteer security teams on the kibbutzes who swiftly rallied to defend their friends and neighbors despite being heavily outnumbered. And we're lifted by the remarkable solidarity of the Israeli people, demonstrated in the long lines of people giving blood, in the hundreds of thousands of reservists who've mobilized, some rushing home from abroad, people around the country opening their homes to fellow citizens displaced from the south. The people of Israel have long and rightly prided themselves on their self-reliance, on their ability to defend themselves, even when the odds are stacked against them. The message that I bring to Israel is this. You may be strong enough on your own to defend yourself, but as long as America exists, you will never ever have to. We will always be there by your side. That's the message that President Biden delivered to the Prime Minister from the moment this crisis began. It's the message that I and my other colleagues in the government have delivered to our Israeli counterparts on a daily, even an hourly basis. It's the message that I bring with me to our discussions today, and it's what I'll affirm when I meet with the members of Israel's newly formed national emergency government. We welcome the government's creation and the unity and resolve that it reflects across Israel society. We're delivering on our word, supplying ammunition, interceptors, to replenish Israel's Iron Dome alongside other defense materiel. First shipments of U.S. military support have already arrived in Israel, and more is on the way. As Israel's defense needs evolve, we will work with Congress to make sure that they're met. And I can tell you, there is overwhelming 
overwhelming bipartisan support in our Congress for Israel's security. Here in Israel and everywhere, we will reaffirm the crystal clear warning that President Biden issued yesterday to any adversary, state or non-state, thinking of taking advantage of the current crisis to attack Israel. Don't. The United States has Israel's back. We've deployed the world's largest aircraft carrier to the Eastern Mediterranean. We've bolstered the presence of U.S. fighter aircraft in the region. We're providing other support as well. We continue working closely with Israel to secure the release of the men, women, children, elderly people taken hostage by Hamas. We're pursuing intensive diplomacy throughout the region to prevent the conflict from spreading. And I'll be doing that over the course of my trip in the coming days. Too often in the past, leaders have equivocated in the face of terrorist attacks against Israel and its people. That's why we've been adamant with all countries in the wake of these attacks. There is no excuse. There is no justification for these atrocities. You heard the Prime Minister say it. This is, this must be, a moment for moral clarity. The failure to unambiguously condemn terrorism puts at risk not only people in Israel, but people everywhere. Look at what just happened. Individuals from 36 countries killed or missing in the aftermath of Hamas's attacks. Europe, Asia, Africa, the Americas, no region has escaped Hamas's bloody reach. Anyone who wants peace and justice must condemn Hamas's reign of terror. We know Hamas doesn't represent the Palestinian people or their legitimate aspirations to live with equal measures of security, freedom, justice, opportunity, and dignity. We know Hamas, instead of promoting the well-being of its citizens, rules repressively and dedicates the resources it has to terror tunnels and rockets. We know Hamas didn't commit its heinous acts with the interests of Palestinian people in mind. We know Hamas does not stand for the future that Palestinians want for themselves and for their children. Hamas has only one agenda, to destroy Israel and to murder Jews. No country can or would tolerate the slaughter of its citizens or simply return to the conditions that allowed it to take place. Israel has the right, indeed the obligation, to defend itself and to ensure that this never happens again. As the Prime Minister and I discussed, how Israel does this matters. We democracies distinguish ourselves from terrorists by striving for a different standard, even when it's difficult, and holding ourselves to account when we fall short. Our humanity, the value that we place on human life and human dignity, that's what makes us who we are. And we count them among our greatest strength. That's why it's so important to take every possible precaution to avoid harming civilians. And that's why we mourn the loss of every innocent life, civilians of every faith, every nationality who've been killed. Tragically, the number of innocent lives claimed by Hamas's heinous attacks continues to rise. Among those, we now know that at least 25 American citizens were killed. 
We join families in Israel, in the United States, around the world in mourning their immeasurable loss. Nearly 15 years ago, my stepfather, who I alluded to earlier, Samuel Pizar, came here to Yad Vashem to perform the mourner's prayer that he wrote to accompany Leonard Bernstein's third symphony, Kaddish. Reflecting on the unspeakable horrors that he'd endured as a boy in the Nazi concentration camps, he wrote that man, though created in your image and endowed with the freedom to choose between good and evil, remains capable of the worst as of the best, of hatred as of love, of madness as of genius. In this moment, where evil, hatred, and madness have once more taken so many innocent lives, we must stand together, resolved to confront what is worst among humanity with what is best. We must provide an alternative to the vision of violence and fear, nihilism and terror presented by Hamas. That is what the United States will do, standing with Israel, working together with its people, and all those in this region who remain committed to the vision of a more peaceful, a more integrated, a more secure, a more prosperous Middle East. Thank you very much. That is uh, the uh, Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, along with the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, wrapping up their statements. We'll take a break and come back. We'll break it down after the news coming up at 635, and we'll take your calls. Trey Ware, KTSA. Stay connected and informed. Stay tuned. For a ground invasion. Six days since the surprise attack from Hamas militants, Israel continues striking Gaza. Around 300,000 Israeli troops are now positioned near the Gaza Strip. Among them, reservists mobilized from countries around the world, including the U.S. We're just going to go back, bring the peace as soon as possible. That's Chanel Call reporting House Republicans nominating Majority Leader Steve Scalise to be the next speaker. The Louisiana lawmaker secured the nomination 113-99 in a closed-door Republican conference meeting yesterday, defeating Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan. Scalise will now take his candidacy to the House floor, where he'll need to win the support of the majority of the chamber to take control of the gavel. This comes after Kevin McCarthy was ousted from the Speaker's chair last week. I'm Mark Mayfield. Did District Attorney Joe Gonzalez offer to reduce charges in a child's murder? That's what a defense attorney for defendant Daniel Garcia claimed in September. Michael Gross says the meeting was with Garcia's former attorney in Gonzalez's office. Gross says Gonzalez told the attorney the charge was a mistake and would be reduced. During a hearing Wednesday, the prosecutor in the case says she has yet to hear from Gonzalez's office confirming the meeting ever took place. Garcia and Nicole Aguilar are being tried for the murder of five-year-old Dominic Aguilar Acevedo in July 2021. Tom Perumian, KTSA News. And we have your dinner plan. Today is National Gumbo Day. We've been eating gumbo since the 18th century. It's a stew using meat or shellfish with the holy trinity, celery, bell peppers, and onions. But it does not have to have okra. Its origins are a mix of French, African, Spanish, and Native American. And there are gumbo rules. Get that roux nice and brown. No tomatoes. The ratio is two parts gumbo, one part rice. And you have to eat it out of a bowl. That's Brie Tennis for 
morning. KTSA News Time 632. AccuWeather and Time Saver Traffic. KTSA Next. News brought to you by Stevens Roofing. Well, when you're looking for a way to pad your income, replace your income, build for your retirement, or retire in five years or less, financialfreedomlivestream.com is the website to check out. That's financialfreedomlivestream.com. Those are my friends at Lifestyles Unlimited. And for almost 40 years now, they have been teaching people the right way to invest in real estate. And there's money to be made in real estate if, if, if you got the keys and you can turn the key and do it. And your friends at financialfreedomlivestream.com, that's what they teach you. You can do it online, on your phone, or you can go to a live seminar, and that's really cool. David Fisher's a great teacher. So's Del Walmsley. So are the other teachers that come on and show you how to find the right properties for you, how to put the financing together to buy those properties how to fix them up, and then how to turn them into profit so that you can continue to grow your real estate portfolio the right way. And, you know, I've got friends that actually retired in about three years. Now, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen to you because there's no such thing as get rich. But if you'll work it, if you'll get serious, and if you'll follow their principles and their guidance, you can really do well in real estate. That's the track record. They have a wonderful track record all this year, all these years of people doing extremely well by investing in real estate. Check it out today. There's no risk and no obligation. I want you to go to the website. Use my name as your promo code because if you decide to go ahead and join up, then they're going to give you some incredible discounts on being a member there. Financialfreedomlivestream.com, promo code WARE, W-A-R-E. Boo. I'm your old Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and our Secretary of State Antony Blinken gave a joint, I wouldn't call it a press conference because I don't think they really took many questions, if, if any at all, but they did uh, give a, a joint statement about the U.S. and Israeli relations going forward. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, as he always does, he never pulls punches. He's a man of the people. He believes in Israel. He believes in the mission of Israel. He believes in the people of Israel, and he never pulls punches. I, I remember many times being at the La Rome Hotel in, uh, in Jerusalem and him coming in by himself and sitting down at a table by himself and having coffee and reading the morning newspaper. That's who he is. He is a man of the people, and he believes in protecting Israel and protecting the people of Israel. He made that perfectly clear when he talked about how Hamas must be completely eradicated from the face of the earth. And anyone, any nation who decides to side with them or even meet with them should be uh, sanctioned. And uh, he, of course, is right about that because uh, by merely deciding that you are going to recognize them, Hamas, that is, as, as a legitimate organization, you are recognizing terrorists, right? So he was right, and he did a very good job. I also thought Antony Blinken did a good job. It was nice to hear someone representing our country speak coherently yes. and complete sentences yes. without stammering. I was impressed as well. I thought it was good. I thought he did a good job. I, I thought leading by saying, I'm not, I'm not only talking to you as a Secretary of State, I'm talking to you as a Jew. And he uh, talked about his family history just a little bit. Uh, and, uh, and and then went on to talk about, and I think he hit all the points that needed to be hit right now, and that is we're going to be with Israel forever. So that's it, bottom line. Now, I will say this, just as a caveat to all of that, right? Uh, it is Anthony Blinken. He is in the, in the Biden administration. So I say take the words with a grain of salt and watch what they do. Now, I hope and I my my expectation and my prayer is that they will do exactly what they say they they're going to do. Uh they have failed us in so many other ways, right? Whether it's the border 
or whether it's Ukraine or whatever they have, this administration has been an abject failure in the economy and so many other ways. But they can't fail in this one. They can't get this one wrong because, as the Secretary of State rightly said, this affects every nation on planet Earth. It did on Saturday because you had people from 36 different countries, U.S. included. Now the number is up to 25 Americans who were murdered in cold blood in these terrorist attacks. 25. And they're still holding at least 17. And those numbers are going to go up, folks. I'm just stealing you to that fact. I, I want you to steal yourself to the fact that those, those numbers are going to go up. And the overall numbers are going to go up, too, as they continue to find more bodies. But they're also going to find dead people in Gaza killed at the hands of these absolute horrifying terrorists. So while he said the right things, I, I do give him, I give him props for saying uh, basically the, the things that needed to be said about us being with Israel no matter what it takes for as long as it takes and so on. Those are great words. Got to back it up. Got to bring the action. Got to make it happen. So I pray that that's exactly what is, uh, is going to happen. I have no doubt about the resolve of Israel. I have no doubt about the resolve of Benjamin Netanyahu. My talks with him in the past uh, ha have, have led me to understand he's a serious man who he does what he says he's going to do. <laughs> and that's why... This administration and the Obama administration wanted nothing to do with him because he doesn't jack around. He's a man who does what he says and, 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 and means it. I mean, you know, and, and that's what's cool about him. He's, he's, he's one of the rare uh, world leaders that will actually say something and mean it and back it up and do it. So it's, 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 hearing him and watching him is very, very refreshing. And I've talked to him here on the show several times and have had great conversations with him about that. So, I, I, you know, I have no doubt that he's going to lead Israel in, in the right way that they need to go. And uh, Blinken at least signaled that the United States is going to be there to support. And, yes, as, as Jimmy just said, it's good to hear somebody represent our country who can actually speak, walk, talk, chew gum at the same time. Well, I presume he can chew gum. He can't play guitar or sing very well, but he can, but he can speak. Um, and I, I just think that that was a, a great thing. Uh, let me look at some. Oh, okay. Let's let's play cut number four. People said, why didn't they send Kamala Harris over there? Well, here's the vice president, Kamala Harris, from yesterday. This might give you an idea as to why they didn't send her. I will tell you, I eat no for breakfast. <laughs> I don't hear no. <laughs> and I encourage you not to hear it. That probably is why they didn't send her, because she's horrible. <laughs> she's just terrible. John Fetterman, cut number three, the senator from Pennsylvania, was on the, the what was that show? I just can never remember that guy's name. Colbert. Colbert, my, yeah, the Stephen Colbert show last night. And this is what he said about leadership in our country. You all should need to know that. America is not sending their best and brightest, you know, to Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Start with you, big boy. Like, sometimes, sometimes you literally just can't believe, like, you know, these people are making the decisions that are, you know, determining the, the government here. It's, wow. it's, it's actually scary. That's, that's John Fetterman saying that about himself, Senator Fetterman. 
The 48 tranche of material sent to Eastern Europe uh, to help Ukraine is going to go out the door. They announced yesterday it includes 155-millimeter and 105-millimeter artillery rounds. It includes ammunition for high-mobility artillery rocket systems. It includes AIM-9M missiles for air defense and counter-unmanned drone systems. So it's coming from current U.S. stockpiles sent to Ukraine. We're also sending a bunch to Israel right now and China is rubbing their hands together and licking their chops that we are going to be spread so, so thin. And so are the terrorists living among us. They are licking their chops as well. I want to tell you about our friends over at Stevens Roofing, local roofers, and that's the way to do it right. You go with local roofers, uh, you know, stay local, buy local, trust local, and that's what Stevens Roofing is all about. They're from here, so they understand exactly what we go through when it comes to our crazy weather, how it can be hot all summer long, and then, boom, here comes cold weather. Now we got wood that's exposed because shingles pulled away from the felt and all this kind of stuff. That's why you want Stevens Roofing to come out, give you a free roof inspection. They don't charge for their roof inspections. There's no obligation to buy from them, okay? They just want to look at your roof, and if there's a problem, they're going to tell you about it. They're going to be straight up. They're going to be honest with you. They have been with me for many, many years. They have been honest with me about my roof, and they're really good folks. And because they're local, they're not folks that have a big conglomerate in Washington or New York. No, they believe in taking care of people right here in San Antonio, and they will take care of you at Stevens Roofing. They even work with your insurance company to get your money back, whether it's composition shingles or it might be standing seam metal. You'll get a beautiful roof that's going to look great and last and last and last on your home when you go with Stevens Roofing. Just check them out today at stevensroofing.net. Again, you can log on and schedule that free roof inspection, stevensroofing.net. It's that time of year again. The South Texas Made. Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline. See, that's really cool when you got a couple that'll do that. So that's another great idea. Uh, 210-654-5155 is my voicemail here at the station. Just leave the Pledge of Allegiance on the voicemail if you wouldn't mind. We'll play you on the radio. 210-654-5155. You can get a group together like your church group or a Lions Club or whatever, or just you as a single or, or a couple or whatever. You wanted to get the whole family together, however you want to do it, but we'd love to have you say the pledge on my show, 210-654-5155. Well, the other day we were uh, talking about somebody who had passed away from our uh, generation of acting and music and everything else. And it's we're we're in that phase of life now, those of us who are in our 50s, and I just turned 60, so we're in that phase of life where our – pop culture heroes and our sports stars are passing away and we just got the word a couple of minutes ago that number 32 from the dallas cowboys walt garrison 79 years old passed away early this morning so i don't i have no more information than that i don't know what he passed away from i have some wonderful memories of walt garrison that i'll share with you in a minute but jimmy you say that you have found some sounds so please go ahead and roll it Kurt Mosier, the Dallas PR man of the early 70s, loves to tell a story about the time Walt called him from a telephone booth to get a sports writer's number. Okay, Mosier said, now here's the number. You got a pencil? Nope, replied Walt. When I got my pocket knife, I'll just carve it in the wall. I'm always carrying that. See, my daddy told me one time, you show me if someone carries a big dull knife, and I'll show you the laziest in the world. <laughs> 
Uh, you, Elaine, you would have loved Walt Garrison. He was your kind of guy. He, 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 much like Ralph. I like the way he talks. Yeah. Much like Ralph, but bigger and stronger. And, uh, I, the first time I, the first time I ever met him, I, I, you know, you have to understand, I grew up in a Dallas Cowboy family. My mom was a Dallas Cowboy freak. My dad could have cared less either way. My mom was a Cowboy freak. Total. And uh, we were dad, – dad was uh, not only working in radio, but he did the weather on Channel 12 for the longest time, too, for many, many years. And Walt Garrison was in town and was coming to the TV station to do – on KSAT to do an interview for the noon news. And uh, my dad mentioned it to my mom. She said, well, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming to the station. And I, I worked with my dad at KSAT. I did all kinds of little things down there. I ran camera and you know, whatever else, you know, audio. I still so. can't picture Ricky Ware telling us the weather. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. He, highest ratings this town's ever had. You all just poke your head outside and look up at the sky. <laughs> there was some of that. It was the highest ratings. I'll, I'll tell you some other stories later. But but we went down to the to the TV station uh, to meet uh, Walt Garrison. I think uh, Jimmy, I think it was the first time I ever encountered a, a pro football player. Now, I, I have since then number of them and a number of them are very close friends of mine now but up to that point i think i was probably 10 or 11 years old when when walt came in to uh to visit with us he was the biggest dude i ever saw in my life although you know he was only about was he six one six two something like that yeah, so you're you're standing at like four eight yeah four eleven yeah <laughs> so they and, look and, huge and in today's times i mean he, oh, he'd be small yeah right <clears throat> but gigantic shoulders unbelievable arms you would have loved this tight wranglers with a gigantic butt you know because he was a runner his fullback that was the position he played and that time at that time those guys had huge thighs and big butts broad shoulders and they would just mow down the defense making room for number 33 tony dorsett so anyway he was on a speaking tour for copenhagen u.s tobacco which was copenhagen and school and at that time, that's all that existed was Copenhagen and school. And uh, you didn't have all these other flavors. You didn't have all the foo-foo, you know, cherry and spearmint and all these, you know, no. You, you, you had the unrolled cigarette, which was Copenhagen. It still is. It's just like unrolling a cigarette and putting it in your mouth. And skull, which you had two, two flavors. You had wintergreen, and I think you had, I don't know. I don't know what the other one was. Anyway, so <laughs> my mama didn't know I'd been dipping. But I had started dipping while working at the racetrack. And I, I wasn't a full-time dipper, but, oh, yeah, I'd started dipping. She didn't know it. But he was touring for U.S. Tobacco promoting it. And I said, hey, where, where, great to meet you, Mr. Garrison. I got a picture of all of us together somewhere at the house. And I said, hey, wh where's, my where's my Copenhagen or skull? Where's my skull? And he had a briefcase, and he set it down, and he opened it up. And you know how drug guys have money in their briefcase? Well, he had Copenhagen and Skull in his briefcase like that. I mean, it was full of Copenhagen and Skull. And they come in these long sleeve rolls, you know, all rolled together. And he pulled out two of those rolls, and he said, which flavor do you want? And I said, I want them both. And he handed me both of them in front of my mom, and I thought she going to kill him. She was five foot and about 80 pounds, and I thought she going to kill a fullback for the Dallas Cowboys. But I ended up with my skull. I had my skull, thanks to Walt Garrison. He's a great guy, pleasure to, to get to meet and know. After that first meeting, I had him on the air a few times. I got to know him a little bit better, him, Randy White, and all those guys. Well, he didn't have money in his briefcase because of this. <laughs> no, I carry my wallet and my boot. I've got two wallets, incoming and out. <laughs> the mirror's got 
uh, you know, credit cards and business stuff. And uh, then in the other one, that's the personal booth. It's always on the right. And, uh, you know, just a personal checkbook, address book and stuff, you know. He carries his wallet and his checkbook in his boots. That's what you do. That's where you're supposed to put them. Walt Garrison dying today at the age of 79, another one of our great Texas heroes that have passed away. Ring of Fire, it's going to happen on Saturday morning, and folks, uh, be ready for a whole bunch of people in the area. I was told by authorities, get ready for an additional 300,000 to be in our area so that they can see this. This ring of fire, this eclipse. Do not look at the sun with the naked eye. <laughs> Make sure your eye has clothing on it before you look at the sun. Going to happen around 11.54 on, uh, on Saturday. Should be done by 11.56. Yes, it's going to get dark outside. Yes. And the nighttime animals, will act, you'll be actually be able to hear the nocturnal animals that time of day. It's a very rare, rare, rare thing. It is very crazy when you see it. We had one like in 2012 or something like that. How uh, long does it last? It lasts for a couple of minutes. It doesn't last oh. long, it, but it does cool off. It does get dark. If you don't have glasses, you can look down at the ground, and the tree leaves actually filter, and you can sort of see the sun. Down in the ground. Down just on, oh. the, on the cement. You don't have to look up. Yeah. I remember the last time we had one, Ralph uh, made me wear a welding yeah, right. Willing home. Yeah. yeah, that's a good idea. That's that's that'll do it too. All right, quick break. Warren Ryman coming up the latest on the war in Israel, seven oh five KTSA. Life moves fast. No one has time for a car.